Today, we are talking about a pretty relevant topic for most all businesses. Uh, For client relationships, what do you do when things go wrong? Oh, man. Especially, we're talking about what do you do when it's your fault? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Rogue podcast. My name is Brian Fitton, and I'm here today again with Mr. Blake Purrier in the engine office. We're back. Yeah. This is awesome, man. Thanks so much for having us. The acoustics in this room are really good. You guys see this amazing wall behind us, by the way? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I was just, I'm I'm so into this conversation because you guys have done an awesome job with your space here. And uh, I love the setup. Make sure you guys check out their podcast as well, uh, Content and Commerce. I'm... I'm super psyched about it. You guys are providing a ton of value over there. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, all right, Miss Lauren. Yes. Let's kick off this this interview today. I mean, let's let's do this. Let's jump right in. All right. So guys, what are you obsessed with this week? Go, Blake, go. All right. Uh, I'm a bit of a nerd <laughs> when it comes to email clients. Okay. Uh, I live most of my day in email or using email. Yeah, yeah. And I've been a big fan of Spark email for about two and a half years. But recently, I just switched to Superhuman. I don't know what Spark yeah. email is. Is yeah, this an app? Spark human's old news. Or sorry, Spark email is old news now. It's, it's superhuman is where it's at. Superhuman. Yes. Okay. And okay. it has changed the way I handle my email day to day. Wow. It's all like kind of keyboard shortcut focused. Okay. Mm. It splits your inboxes out among kind of your different email addresses that you use. Okay. Auto files, auto folders, everything. Um, makes responding stuff really, really easy. So That's know, incredible. It makes you human, superhuman. Superhuman. <laughs> Appropriately named. All right. Okay. So mine is, we're going to go a little sentimental here. Okay. With my obsession. Uh, For some reason, I was on this road trip recently and I just started going through my photos Mm -hmm. and iCloud stuff and just looking through it. I'm going to tell you guys something. The amount of photos I've taken my my children has been great. But the fact that we have this technology and it like, you know, even iCloud was like building out these different slideshows and stuff. It just went real nostalgic for me. And I just, I'm going to tell you something. We take a ton of photos as humans humans go back and review them all print them off if you can because it's definitely worth it it was I, you know i just had like two hours and i just sit, sat there and i was sending photos to like different people and say hey do you remember i mean it was just bringing up all the memories and all the feels did you click the memory button and like watch some cinematic i did yeah okay. <laughs> they weren't me as like a video guy i was a little sure eh, it's sure. fine you know but that wasn't the point but i, I yes <laughs> if you're not a video you should definitely do all of those things because it's pretty awesome so take the time Take the time. Yeah. Wow. Just brought it right back. Yours is going to be way better. Go along. Uh, it's go. really not. It's very specific. Uh, I drive a lot um, just running short errands and I love Spotify and I cannot believe I didn't realize that they had this. So it makes me just feel really bad. But on their search feature, I did not realize what that microphone button was for. Uh. <laughs> or you can actually like be like... Make me listen to this music or you just choose a genre or ask for a specific song and it plays it. And that I have had so much fun with that where I just ask it to choose like a mood or something and it just finds a playlist for me or whatever. And it's just so smart. I love Spotify for that wow. reason. Yeah. Um, but I've found some new music through that and it's been pretty cool. That so pretty cool. maybe I should play in the app a little bit more than yeah. just going straight <laughs> to my playlist. But yeah, I like it. I was a little worried when you said, I didn't know they had this feature. You were like podcasting. No, uh, no. It's crazy though, the amount of like, cause we share our podcast through Instagram stories because they've made it super easy to share right. your podcast through Spotify. And uh, I've had several people are like, I didn't know they had 
podcast on Spotify. On Spotify. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, please. So anyway. I knew that. <laughs> I know you did. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Lauren? Today we are talking about a pretty relevant topic for most all businesses. Uh, for client relationships, what do you do when things go wrong. Oh, man. Especially we're talking about what do you do when it's your fault? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it happens. We're not perfect. make a ton of excuses. Excuses yeah. all day long. Try to make sure you shift the blame. Everything. All right. Thank you guys for joining <laughs> us. That was a... Uh... <laughs> um, so, Blake, I know that you guys deal a lot with client relations. So, what do you guys at Engine do when, when I mean, crap hits the fan? Like, sure, what sure. happens? I mean, we, we're a software company. Mm. Everybody knows software has bugs. There are problems. Uh, the biggest thing we can do is ensure that the client knows that they're heard, knows that they're still valued, and then there's a path to resolution. And I think that applies to so many other areas than just oh, software. Yeah. That if you make them feel that they are being understood, that they are in uh, their priority, and that their stuff will get fixed. I mean, in the software world, sometimes that fix may not be for a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they may say, oh, we thought you had this feature, and I don't see it in the, in the admin. Where is it? And we'll say, well, we're building that right now. Uh, so I really think that communicating with them and ensuring that they can really, uh, that they feel that there's a path to getting that fixed mm-hmm. is what the the most important part of it. Which, which that's what that's all they want. They want it to work. They want whatever feature that they have or to be available. Whatever it is, you want that's that's all they want. I think a lot of times, especially in the industry of 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 services or retail or whatever, they think the 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 brand a lot of times think that the customer just wants money. Like just give me a credit, just give me, you know, money, whatever it is, fix but a lot of times they just want the the issue fixed. It's not. It has nothing to do with money or credit or some type of return, anything like that. Um, and that's one thing I think, as a consumer, put yourself in their place. You want to be heard. You want to be understood. You want to make sure that that your problem is being dealt with. Um, and and a lot of times, just making you a priority. That that's a huge yeah. huge piece of it. So that's awesome. And I I think helping the the client understand what their problem is as well. That can be super valuable. I mean, a, a lot of times the. The fault may not necessarily be with the client or, or with you even. Mm-hmm. It may just be through through misunderstanding or may even be in a, a problem that is not really an actual problem. Yeah. That it's a it's a process or it's something that there's a knowledge gap maybe between that the client side has. So That's huge. Painting that picture for them to understand, hey, we, we can help teach you this or we can help enable you to solve this so that it doesn't happen again in the future. Yeah. This is a big deal. Well, and that goes back to listening to your customer and really knowing what they're in need of, what they're searching for, and making sure that you have those resources, either through video or blog posts or something like that. Say, oh, hey, absolutely, that's an issue that we know about. Here's a blog post, right. here's a video to kind of help walk you through that. Um, that's huge and kind of being out, out in front. Now, I will say, though, what if what if it is your fault? Mm-hmm. What if, if you had somebody on your team or you yourself just completely botched uh, a customer interaction or a product or something like that? Where, where do we go with that? I, I like the approach of owning it up front on literally the first line of the email is just saying, hey, uh, we dropped the ball here. Here's how we're going to fix it. Um, I never like making promises that, hey, this will never happen again because everybody's human. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But being able to say up front that like, hey, we dropped the ball here. Here's what we're going to do next. Um, don't necessarily say here's how we're going to fix it and we're going to uh, bow down to you and say we're going to coddle you and, and fix everything and it's going to be okay. Yeah. But just saying, hey, we dropped the ball here. 
here's where we're going to, where we're going to go next. Here's how it's going to get fixed. And here's why it happened. I think there's a little bit of, of mutual respect with that too, because if, like you said, if you're not just coddling to them, if you're saying, Hey, we're going to take care of, we, yeah, we dropped the ball, an apology, not I'm sorry. Hey, apologize that this happened to you. We want to make sure that this situation is rectified. These are the steps that we're taking. Um, but not, Oh, please don't leave us. Oh, please don't leave a bad review. We're so sorry. We so, so sorry. Because that, that puts as, as bad as it is, that puts the customer then in an advantage and in a more of an offensive position. Um, but just saying, hey, being professional about it, we're owning up to this. Yes, we're going to make sure it's taken care of. We're going to make sure that, you know, everything, when it comes to restitution on your side, we want to make sure that that's taken care of. So it's good. I think you bring up a good point because we live in the world of social media mainly, um, is what do you do when you get this bad review? And I see so many businesses that just leave it there. Oh, yeah. And I think they think I'm not being defensive. You know, I'm not going to, you know, rise to this. But what a lot of customers see is that you don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're pacing in the back in your business and it really affected you, they'll never know. And a lot of people are like, well, if they don't care to reach out to me for the bad things, they're not going to care about the quality of my product and the good things too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I will say this, I've myself, even, you know, you have your big bad companies, right? They're the bad guy and they cause all these problems and somebody's complaining on social media and the comments, uh, when that company responds and says, Hey, we apologize for that. You know, this is what we can do to help fix it. And then the customer, you can tell almost immediately if they want their problem solved or if they're just looking to gripe and complain. Mm -hmm. And immediately there's a switch for me where it's like, oh, you're the big bad company. All of a sudden they're reaching out trying to help. And then the customer is just causing more problems. And it's like, oh, good on the company. They're handling this correctly. They're doing well. And then all of a sudden you kind of get that as a company, you kind of get more buy-in. And you even start to see sometimes people will jump in those comments too. And they're like defending the company. Like, yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) It's it's absolutely, it's it's very interesting how those roles switch. And that goes back to your point, Lauren, of, of making sure to respond to every single comments. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, Gary Vee's a big proponent of, of making sure in the comments, whether good or bad, you're trying to make sure that you're touching every single customer, making sure that they know that you care. So I'm, I'm a big fan of, of brands with personality. There's a really good uh, web comic out there from this guy called Fake Grimlock. Oh. And he writes about how you're... Is he still doing that? Yeah, that was like good. five, yeah. six yeah. years ago. Okay, okay. He has a very good comic. Go look it up on brand personality yeah. on... Uh, don't just be like a, like a lump of coal. Be be something that's kind of aggressive. Be a little snarky if that's your brand. Yeah. Uh, and there's nothing I respect more mm-hmm. than when a brand like goes off on somebody on a, on a review <laughs> because that means the the brand is standing up for itself. Yeah. It's not going to to take something that's fake or take a review that that doesn't portray the truth. It's going to kind of fight back, and then that just kind of leads to building true fans. Yeah. That mm-hmm. somebody can point to a brand and say, oh, they stood up for themselves. They didn't just hand that customer a ten dollar gift card and said, "Go hush." Yeah, they they had a backbone, and I think that's a big thing for a lot of brands is being able to have that personality, whether it's snarky or authoritative or, or whatever fits your brand. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's, it's voicing that and making that come out through your social channels. How many uh, followers did Wendy's gain just by having that little little no. battle back and forth, uh, or just even the response to customers mm-hmm. um, dogging them? And then, I mean, it just you're upping and upping and upping sure. it. It was fantastic. If you guys haven't checked out the Twitter battles between some of the fast food chains, for some reason, they're just <laughs> Burger King's jumping in. And I don't know about McDonald's if they've done anything. But. No, it's, Wendy's is always ragging on McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think McDonald's just kind of ignores it, which yeah. makes it even funnier. Yeah, it's awesome. So I, I agree, Blake. Having kind of 
your own personality, especially in a more digital sense. Um, but then honestly, I mean, if you're dealing with somebody, if you're a retail store or if you're a, you know, a, a local business that's kind of dealing, it's, it's even more important for you to go the extra mile to make sure that that customer is taken care of. Um, without losing your values, without sure. obviously bending over backwards too much for, for that customer. But, um, so Lauren, any, any other, uh, input that you have on this or any advice that you would have for somebody kind of dealing in this situation? Sure. I mean, I think especially for, if you're starting out, um, or you're a smaller business, um, understanding that it is, it's not possible that you're going to conduct your business and you're never going to get a negative review or someone's not going to have a problem. Um, and so you should prepare for it. You should have a company value of like, this is how we handle when things go wrong. Um, and you know, even if it is throwing a gift card sometimes once in a while away, I mean, at least you have a plan, you know, and it's not just a mad scramble when things go wrong. Um, because there are going to be those moments where it's not going to be on a digital platform. It's going to be on the phone and -hmm. you have to actually, respond back in real time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so if you have that um, culture set, that this is how we handle these things um, and it's already built in, it's going to be real natural and it's going to come across authentic, which you said, which is the most important part. It's on brand. Yeah. I think one of the scariest places to be as a business is to have your passive audience. Like you have your people, your, your promoters and your detractors, those ones in the middle there, those are the ones that leave you. Yep. You know, if you have an issue or have a chance, if somebody's speaking out, they had a problem, they're at least taking the time to say, hey, I want to connect with you as a brand rather than just, boom, leaving a bad review or I'm just walking out and going to your competitor. Well, and with the way organic reach is working on social platforms right now, if you get a comment, that means it's going to show up way more often than everything else. So if that goes ignored, people are going to think, is this brand even active? Are they doing anything? Mm -hmm. Why did this person leave a comment and the brand never said anything back? Yeah. Uh, just remember that like your 0.1% organic reach you get by posting gets amplified probably 100x when somebody comments and says something. So it actually could be good for you if you have people complaining in your feed, especially sure. on something you posted. That's just more comments, the better, you know, that's, that's great. So, um, all right. Hey, thank you guys so much for jumping in with us. We'd love to continue the conversation on digital platforms on Facebook, social media, uh, Instagram, anything like that. Blake, where can people find out more about you or even more about engine? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. You can find me at B underscore Perrier. Uh, and then you can also check us out. We publish content basically daily over on enginecommerce.com. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks.